Hey guys, welcome to day four of our Romans reading plan. Uh, I'm Robert Russell, worship pastor here at New Vision. Happy that you're listening. Uh, Happy that you are making it through. You've chosen to stick with us. We're in day four. We're in Romans 2, verses 17 through 29. Before we hop into that, uh, we have a a wonderful, wonderful human being here to uh, read read this passage, break it down for us. Uh, Ben Curtis, he is our campus pastor out at... Uh, Buchanan. Would is you it call Buchanan it Buchanan or Buchanan? It, oh, okay. I see. I've heard it see. both ways. There's this great debate on what the area of town is called. Uh, I am uh, pro Buchanan, and uh, now that Ben has been out there a little bit, he. I'm pretty sure you've landed on the. I'm, I'm about half and half. You're half so and I half. So I offend everybody equally. Oh, perfect. Well, that's <laughs> that's ideal. Um, <laughs> ben is a campus pastor. How long have you been here with us? October the sixth. October so, the sixth. So a few months. Yeah, a few months. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, I'm not good at math, so we'll just say a few. Um, let's uh, tell us a little bit about your family, yourself. So, uh, yeah, we've been in ministry for 20 years. Uh, I'm married to Mandy. I have uh, two children, Ethan and Lydia. Uh, Ethan is 15 years old. Lydia is 13. They are both um, active in uh, City League Ball. Um, Mandy homeschools them. Uh, Mandy also does work part-time early in the mornings for a company called VIP Kid, where she teaches ESL to Chinese students. Uh, and they just, our family just enjoys being a part of the ministry at uh, Buchanan or Buchanan. Uh, they're involved in the fit team and um, small groups. And so our kids really enjoy the student ministry and all the friends they've been making. Oh, great. That's awesome. We're excited that you're here. I'm excited you're here. You're, I only hear wonderful things out at, out at Buchanan or Buchanan, whatever the case might be. So you're here. You're reading Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 29. Why don't you take it away, my friend? Sure. So I, I thought I'd do a little bit of review. You know, in the in the opening chapters of Romans, uh, really what Paul's doing in those first three chapters is he's showing us that we're all guilty before God. And he's kind of, you know, like a lawyer would do. He's kind of building his argument. And he's speaking primarily to two groups of people. And, you know, you can look at it this way. Back in chapter 1, he's been talking to people who, who know that there is a God, but they choose to live their life uh, with no rules. So we might call them the rule breakers or the rebellious. And then in chapter 2, um, our chapter, he begins to confront uh, the rule keepers or the religious, and he's saying, "Hey, listen, you're no better off than than these people uh, without God's word." And and so I think there's an important principle we see here is that uh, especially for those of us that are uh, Christians or religious, or we grew up religious, we grew up in church. A lot of times, because our sin is different than other people's sin, uh, we think our sin is not all that serious. And so when we read Romans one, you know, maybe you found yourself as you were reading that saying to yourself, you know, I would never do some of those things. Or maybe you're saying, you know, God, I know that I'm sinful, but I'm not near as sinful. My sin is not as bad as theirs. And so we need to remember that Paul's point in the first three chapters is that we're all guilty. And so that brings us to chapter 2, verse 16. Uh, and really what Paul's saying here is the only thing that has the power to change our hearts is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, when we, when we put our faith in Him, God transforms us from the inside out, and we begin to live our lives in a way that pleases Him. But oftentimes, you know, as human beings, instead of handing our lives over to Jesus by faith, our pride blinds us to our need for the gospel. And so there's two primary uh, movements in our verses today, and, and the first one is this, that rule-keeping or, or being good 
has no power to change your heart. So I'm just going to read the text there in verse 17. Paul begins to list some of the things that the Jewish people were proud of. And, you know, to help us apply this passage, we might just insert the word Christian for Jew whenever Paul says Jew, or, or we might insert the word baptism or church attendance or church membership for the word circumcision. Uh, but he says there, now, if, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. So he's saying you can know God's word and you can even be in agreement with it, but then notice his challenge to them in verse 21, and really to us maybe. Uh, he says, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? And so he's basically challenging those of us who are religious, those of us who are the rule keepers. He's saying, do you practice what you preach? He says, you who preach against stealing, and he gives, he gives about three different examples here where we may not be living consistently. You who preach against stealing, do you steal? Um, you know, when we talk about stealing, stealing is not just taking something from someone else. It's also withholding or keeping what belongs to someone else. So, you know, God, you think about, He has given us a certain amount of time and talent and treasure. And, you know, I know there's been times in my life where I've used my time and my talent and my treasure for my own glory, for my own self, instead of for God and for others. And that makes me a thief. And if you look at the next one, he says there, you who say that people should not commit adultery. So, so these are the people that would say, now, now that's a line I would never cross. I would never do that. But then he asked, do you commit adultery? And our answer would be maybe no, but God's answer is yes, in fact, you do. Because in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you know, if we've even had lust in our heart towards someone else that isn't our spouse, then we're guilty of adultery in our heart. Then he says, you who abhor idols. And so, you know, these Jewish people, they're probably thinking, hey, we would never have an idol in our home. We would never worship Zeus or, you know, one of these other Roman gods. We only worship the one true God. But then he asked them the question, do you rob temples? In other words, are you, are you just eager to find another god? And, of course, they would say no, but, but we have to remember idolatry is when we put anything in front of God. And so, you know, have you ever looked to anyone or anything else for, for your fulfillment other than God? You know, has, has anything been sitting on the throne of your heart other than God? And, and most of the time in my life, it's been me that's trying to sit on the throne. And, and so the fact is, we're all, we're all thieves. We're all adulterers, and, and we're all idolaters. And, and each of us have chosen to break God's moral laws, and we're all guilty. That's the point that he's making. You know, there's an implication even for our witness here. Uh, we want to we be winsome, and we want to lead people to Christ. But, you know, when religious people... When we try so hard to keep the rules without a true heart change, the people around us see right through us. And that's why it says in verse 23, you who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So we're, we're dishonoring God because we go around and we're, we're proud of the rules that we think that we've kept. And, and people around us look at our lives and they say, you know, you're just as hateful as I am. You're really no different than I am. You're just as selfish, but just in different ways. Because the bottom line is that rule keeping has no power to change your heart. And then there's just one more, and we'll move a little bit quicker through this one. But the second one is that religious rituals have no power to change your heart. You know, 
the, the Jewish people thought, hey, we do all these rituals, we, we sacrifice, we keep the Sabbath, we, we follow all these laws that we can follow, you know, to make up for the ones that we haven't. And we even have this tradition called circumcision, and it's this ritual that, that shows us that we have a covenant with God. And, and so when we perform all of these rituals, this is what a religious person says, when we perform all of these rituals, it outweighs the times that we've broken God's Word. And, and you know, oftentimes I think we do the same thing. You know, we'll say things like, well, you know, I was baptized uh, when I was six years old, or you know, I signed a commitment card, or I, I walked down an aisle, or I prayed a prayer, and, and, and I really cried that night when, when all of that happened. And, you know, we might say things like, my family has always been a part of the church for a long time, or I grew up in church. Um, but the bottom line is we try to do uh, as, as much good as we can, and what we're hoping is that when we stand before God, all of these sacrifices that we've made and the good that we've done will outweigh our sin. And then when the scales tip in our favor, God's going to say, okay, you're in. You just barely made it, but you're in. And, and it's, 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 you know, it's a good thing that you went on that extra mission trip. It's a good thing that, that you served with preschool. Paul says in verse 25, though, that apart from a heart change, religious ritual is completely worthless. That you know, doing good cannot make you right with God. Uh, but here's the good news. There is a way that your sin can be removed. If it's not by religious good deeds, if it's not by religious rituals, um, it, and it doesn't happen because of anything that we do. It happens because of something that Jesus did. You see, that the true mark of a Christian is so deep inside that no eye can see it. It's, it's really a change of heart that we need. And we're going to be talking more about this in future weeks, but we can't, we can't earn this, but we simply receive it by faith. And when we receive this gift by faith, uh, the Bible says we will be given the righteousness in Christ that, that will never fade. So look at what he says as we kind of close out this scripture in verses 28 and 29. He says, A person is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. So, so it's not something you do for God, but it's something that God does for you. He changes your heart by His Spirit. And when we hand over our lives to Jesus Christ in faith, you know, it, it doesn't happen by any ritual. It doesn't happen by us keeping a list of rules. And so, you know, as we, uh, as we continue through our day, as we think about this passage, you know, it may be that you would ask yourself some diagnostic questions and just kind of think through, you know, here's one question. Do, do you read the Bible for information or for transformation? Um, you know, religious people, a lot of times, we, we don't allow ourselves to be challenged. We don't allow ourselves to be changed by His Word. And as, as Christians, we should continually be coming to God's Word for transformation. And then another question would be, do you look down on others whose sins are different than yours? And maybe sometimes, you know, I find myself, I'm, I'm even defensive maybe when someone else exposes my own weaknesses. And then the third question, do you focus on external religious activity and then neglect your own inner spiritual life? And then, and then finally, do you practice what you preach? And so, Robbie, I'll turn it back over to you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you did great. I, I, I want to say something. This is a bit silly. Um, uh, you know, this is like the last one that someone signed up for, and you got, you got, you got it. <laughs> and I, and I'm guessing circumcision had something to do with that. <laughs> 
You did great. Um, uh, I, honestly, even when you just started, uh, before you even really got into the scripture, and you just uh, uh, talked about the symbolism uh, of what you know uh, circumcision is, as far as a religious practice, you know, as far as uh, you know, uh, yeah, that was beautiful. I, I think that that really like uh, even for myself, it's it's kind of like I'm I see it in scripture. I'm like, oh, uh, why, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, but at the same time, it's you know you handled it wonderfully, and, and I'm so grateful for you. Glad that you were here with us today. Thank you. You know, um, uh, that was a. A great job and a great time with you, man. I appreciate Thank you. Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll we'll do. I guess we get later on into Romans. We'll uh, hear from you again, my friend. That sounds great. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow, day five, we'll have Pastor Nick back and uh, go through our next chapter.